I hear this phrase a lot. Haley, how do I start with promoted pins? You may have your offer in your business down to a T where it solves pain points like nobody's business and now you're wanting to scale. You need more traffic because organic traffic just is not cutting it anymore. I understand. Facebook ads are super popular and for a good reason. I mean, I managed Facebook ads for two years and we saw a 15x return or more with some clients that I had, but Pinterest ads? Pinterest ads are this hidden gem that a lot of businesses just aren't tapping into right now. So as you more than likely know, my main product is the Profit Planner Lounge, a membership site that guides women who run online businesses to plan for profit and scale their businesses by applying proven profit-focused productivity strategies to their business. That is a tongue twister. It's a low price point, about $47, so I had to figure out how to scale this thing that didn't involve a million launches this year and also gave me a return on my investment since the price point is so low. Now, in this episode, we get into promoting pins and what's the best way to do it with webinar, um, and before I press play on this interview, I want to let you in on my results. I spent $50, so $10 a day for five days, just for testing, and had a pin go straight to a registration page for my automated webinar. Now, real quick, I tested out five different pin designs organically and only promoted the one that had the highest click-through rate. So after five days, I had $0.25 cent cost per click, $0.90 cent leads, and 10 new members. That is a 10x return on my investment with Pinterest ads. This works, and it does not have to be expensive to test it out. Now, Elisa Meredith, who is who I wanted to bring on the show today, this lady is a master when it comes to anything Pinterest, but especially promoted pins. Now, she's going to be too shy to admit that, but let me tell you, she is. Um, I'm always blown away by the advice that she gives. She is constantly testing and staying up on the trends, so I knew she would be perfect to ask all of your promoted pin questions too. Thanks for all of the listeners who submitted questions for this episode. Now let's go chat with Elisa. Hello, Elisa. Welcome to the show. Hey, Haley. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, and we met at the Radiant CEO Summit last year, and I really got to know you, and the answers to your questions were just amazing and insightful, so I knew I had to have you on this podcast. I wanted to wait till we rebranded to the Profit Planner Podcast, and now that we have, you are here, and I'm so excited that you are. Yay. (laughs) Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. And you are the guru for not only promoted pens, but just Pinterest in general. So can you tell us a little bit behind the scenes? Okay. I saw your face. So yes, tell, tell me what your thoughts are on that, of me saying that. Oh, guru. I mean, it implies that you know everything, right? I don't know everything. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Everyone's causing, but you know more than the average bear for sure. Okay. Okay. Yes. There are a few bears who knows how to promote pins. So yes, I will take it. (laughs) Great. So can you tell us a little bit about your business? Sure. So I am uh, full-time the content marketing manager at Tailwind, which is a Pinterest and Instagram scheduling company. And I also have an agency which specializes in Pinterest promoted pins, which is Elisa Meredith's marketing. So there we, we work with a lot of people. We, Right now, we seem to work with a lot of teachers pay teachers sellers to help them to optimize their ad spend on Pinterest. Interesting. Yeah. It's just kind of worked out that way. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Um, That's great. Uh, And I really, I really do. And you also do uh, consulting sessions, right? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yes, yeah. I do. Yeah, yeah. we do awesome. Pinterest audits and Pinterest promoted pins maintenance and organic maintenance as well. I have a great team over there. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah, and I know I've heard raving reviews about that. I know you guys oh, just blow you. it out of the water. So um, I love that because, you know, I used to work at an advertising agency and we mm -hmm. dealt with promoted pin budgets. Uh, but man, when I heard about how you were using those budgets so strategically, it was just all these little Pinterest light bulbs went off because I didn't even think I'm so used to Facebook ads, you know, oh, yeah. so when I go different, to Pinterest ads, different. it's so, yeah, it's so different. So different, but I think simpler. There are so many options on Facebook <laughs> that I think it's a little overwhelming. So totally agree. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If you feel that way, maybe Pinterest is the thing for you to try. <laughs> Yes, and it could definitely be potentially less ex more less expensive because mm -hmm. you're not as it's not as high of competition over on Pinterest for most of the right. niches uh, right. over there. So that yeah. does help as well. So sure first, mm -hmm. um, I want to go through. I do have a list of questions in front of me, but before we even get into this, I just want you to dive in because I love this mm -hmm. concept that you talked about last year of why promoted pins are basically the, not the best ads, but pretty much the best ads. Cause you talked about how whenever someone clicks on a pin, you don't actually pay for that. Can you break down that concept for uh, us? Okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's a bargain. I'm a bargain hunter. I don't know about you, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Thrift okay. shopper all the way. <laughs> there you go. So we like to feel like we're getting more than we paid for. And you really do get that with Pinterest promoted pins when you are using a traffic campaign. So there are several different kinds of campaigns, but the one I recommend for most people, um, the small and medium business that has a budget where really what matters to us is traffic to our websites is a traffic campaign. With a traffic campaign, you will only pay when somebody clicks on your ad. So what that means is that if if you see my ad, Haley, and you save it, you save that pin, and then somebody clicks on the one that you saved, I don't pay for that. But you probably only saw my pin because I promoted it, right? Right, right. So I, if you didn't click on it, I don't pay anything at all. You just saved it, they click on it, and it's like getting free clicks all over the place. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. let's say that someone pinned something and they had 500 repins, but only two clicks. Well, that would actually be a terrible click through rate. So you might want to check <laughs> it would, that. It would but, be great. <laughs> but for this example, let's just go with it. Yeah. So the two pins, like let's say it was 50 cents a click. So you paid a dollar, but those 500 repins, everyone that clicks on those repins, you don't have to pay for at all, right? That's exactly right. And yeah. that's why awesome. when you run a Pinterest promoter pin campaign, the overall cost for the clicks you get decreases over time. So you'll actually see those numbers in your dashboard. You'll see cost per click and then you'll see your effective cost per click, which is that effect we're talking about. <laughs> what is that? It is a cat sneezing. <laughs> I was wondering if he was sneezing. <laughs> it sounded like that, but I didn't know if he was just scratching the floor. That's so funny. Okay. Yes. <laughs> That is, that is too funny. That is too funny. I was like, what is that? Yeah, we thought okay. we were worried about the video with him, but no, no, he's <laughs> got the sneezes. Oh, um, okay. So I now let's dive into the questions. I definitely wanted you to cover that first. Now, okay, but but I have another thing. Oh yeah, yeah. For bargain hunters, I just wanted yeah. to let that one sit for a minute. But okay, how much perfect. free activity you get? But the other thing is. When you advertise on other platforms, a lot of times, once you're finished advertising, mm -hmm. your, your ad goes away. 
but that's not the case on Pinterest because you have to promote a pin that already exists organically. So once you stop spending money, that pin still remains, all the saves on that pin remain, and all the clicks still keep on coming through for who knows how long afterwards. So that's yeah. why I do think it's the best place to advertise if your audience is there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, if your audience is there, put pour in the money for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, now let's yeah. get into the first question because I think some of these <sighs> are really great. <laughs> you okay. ready? Brace yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, these are some really great questions. I was actually really impressed with a lot of you listeners who submitted questions for this because – Wow, I'm bl- I'm blown away. So first of all, affiliate links. Obviously, affiliate marketing is great for Pinterest. I use this mm-hmm. for my ConvertKit, Kajabi, lead pages, all those affiliates. What is the best way though to use these promoted pins for affiliate links? Okay. So you know you know that we now can have pins that use affiliate links. So theoretically, you could promote a pin that has an affiliate link on it. But I Unless your conversion rate is super, super high, that's never going to be worth it, right? So it's never going to be worth it to pay 25 cents a click to an affiliate link if it doesn't convert really well. So instead, what you want to do is promote pins that lead to an article with those affiliate links in them, Mm. right? So if you have a blog post that has affiliate links sprinkled throughout, you're going to want to promote that blog post rather than the individual product itself. I mean, there could be some exception, but I, it's hard to imagine a world where it would be worth it to pay for clicks directly to an affiliate program. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. So you're trying to lead them to some kind of content or even a free program or something that you've created that have those affiliate links in them. Yep. And is that to get the no like, and trust her up or tr- trust her, no like, and trust factor up? <laughs> Mixing my words here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. I mean, if you think about the way people use Pinterest, they're higher uh-huh. up in the funnel than other networks. Yeah. Right. So, so they might not ever have seen this product before mm-hmm. and they probably don't know you yet. So to ask them to click directly from Pinterest to go and purchase, that does happen, but you're probably more likely to get them to click through to a blog post, read about the product and get to learn about the product itself through your blog post, right? And get to trust you a bit. So they trust your recommendation and then go from there to the purchase. Mm-hmm. So you, you've created a little mini funnel in just a couple of steps. So yeah, it's the no like and trust factor. It's also the education factor that you can work into that process that starts with a click on a pin. Okay, nice. Yeah, I really like that recommendation because I do have pins. I'm doing it both ways. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I know a lot of you who are listening are wanting to get into more affiliate marketing because mm-hmm. why not? I mean, if you're using right. a product for your audience, why not get that extra income? So mm-hmm. that's perfect. Okay, so let's okay. just create a YouTube video, blog post, podcast episode, some kind of content that leads to affiliates. Okay, right. now what is the best way to use them to boost opt-ins? Okay, so you're talking about growing your email list by getting people to a landing page. Yes, some kind of free offer. You're wanting to get their email address. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you can do it one of two ways, and Mm -hmm. I'd suggest you try both. So you can either send people to a blog post that has a pop-up or some really obvious way to opt in. Okay. To your email list on it, or you can send people directly to your landing page. So the, the reason I suggest you test this is because if you think about it, that two-step program, right? So click to, on the pin to go to the blog, mm-hmm. from the blog to go to the email, a couple extra steps. 
whereas if you just click from pin to landing page, they're right there. Mm -hmm. um, however, like we talked about, this may be their very first exposure to you. Mm -hmm. So they may not be ready to sign up for your email list, even though it's kind of a low commitment kind of action, it may work better to go through the blog. But I want, I want you to test that though, because if you think about it, when they're clicking to go through to your blog, maybe the conversion rate from the blog to the email list is 3%, mm -hmm. right? But if they click and they go right to your landing page and the the conversion rate from there is only 1%. If you think about how many page views you might end up getting, it still may be better to send them to the landing page directly. Mm -hmm. So you really need to test it and see how people are responding, if they're responding better to the blog posts or to the blog post to landing page or landing page. Yeah. Like, I love that. So how would we go about testing that? Obviously, we'd create two different pins that lead to that. Um, but how would we actually track that? Yeah, so you, you, could, you could even create the same pin, mm. right? So that would be probably a more accurate A-B test if you had the same image with the same targeting and one leading to the blog post and then another one leading to the landing page. Right. That would be a really good comparison to see, okay, what is the behavior of people, you know, mm -hmm. assuming that the pin makes sense for both. Um, so in order to test the, the conversions, you're going to want to use your Google analytics goal conversions. Mm. So you'll be able to tell where it's coming from. Then you're going to use UTM codes on your different promoted pins. Ooh, that was a lot of, that was a lot of uh, big words there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. So if on, on, um, on my blog, alisamerith.com, there's a blog post about how to track conversions. Yes. Using Google Analytics. And it's a great blog post. I know last year when I was really diving into promoted pins, your blog is incredible. I'm telling you, anyone who's listening right now, if you really want to dive into this, Elise's blog is perfect. So yeah, I think you explain it really well in there, but could you just break down what that is like a UTM code and then those Google, let's start with Google tracking code first. Let's start there. So a UTM code, you can put in all kinds of things like a, a campaign name. So let's say you have a landing page you're going to mm -hmm. promote. So maybe your campaign is, um, may opt-ins and then you can have uh, a source, which might be Pinterest. And then you could have a medium, which might be promoted pin. Uh, and then you could have content, which might be landing page. So all of these little bits of information you put on the end of your URL so that later on you can go back into your Google analytics um, after you set up your goals, um, which basically means you put a piece of tracking code on the thank you page and it picks mm -hmm. up when someone hits that. And then you'll be able to see like where these opt-ins are coming from. Which campaign is it, which medium, which uh, source, and which content. So you'd be able to see, okay, I got six opt-ins from people who went directly to the landing page. Mm -hmm. And then I got seven opt-ins from people who went directly to the blog post. Yes. And that's how you'd be able to measure which one's better. And then, of course, you look at the cost you spent to get those ads and then right. you'll be able to figure out which one's working better. Which I think is so important because you might, let's say if it was a 3% conversion rate, you might be getting a 10 cent cost per click, yeah. but the other one might be getting a 50 cent cost per click, but it has a much higher conversion rate. So if you just looked at the cost per click, you'd be like, wow, I'm paying a fifth of the price with these ads, <laughs> right. but you're actually not getting those conversions. So yes. yeah, tracking is so, so important uh, yeah. 
I love that you mentioned that. And oh, don't be scared with UTM codes. I'm yeah, going to put no um, Elisa's blog post in the show notes. So go to the show notes, check out that blog post. That way you, the, the letters UTM don't scare you or intimidate you near as much. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They, they're much less frightening than they sound. Yes. And, you know, it, this is great for service type businesses, which I know is um, a lot yeah. of your audience. Yes. But if, if, if you end up selling many, many products and you want to track your ads uh, performance for all of those, you're going to want to use Pinterest event tracking instead. Ooh, tell us so, about Pinterest event tracking. It's really cool. <laughs> so when you use your event tracking, again, it's the piece of code that you put on your site and yeah. then each, each item will have sp specific values that go in. Um, but then you can look right in your Pinterest ads dashboard and you'll be able to see, okay, how many, um, how many signups did I get? Mm -hmm. because of clicks on this ad. How many signups did I get because of a view of this ad? How many signups did I get because of an engagement? You'll mm -hmm. also be able to see how many ad to carts you had uh, for each of those actions. You'll be able to see how many sales you had. And you can even break that down by product. So it's really, uh, it's really powerful. It's kind of a pain to set up, <laughs> but if you have multiple products, it's worth it. Um, I worked with a programmer to help me understand it. And I finally said, too much. That's too much for me. Can you just do it? So he actually, he built a little program that works with Shopify, WooCommerce, and easy digital downloads mm -hmm. that will actually do that for you. Nice. So it's definitely worth it if you want to track product sales, like many of them, because otherwise you have to use Google Analytics plus the dashboard, which is, you know, one more step than you really want if you right. have a lot of things going on. Right. Yeah. I love that. And I also want to mention, so for me, you know, I, I am using UTM codes for the, the bigger campaigns that I work on that aren't even mm -hmm. mine. But for me right now, if you are like, oh, I don't know, I wouldn't let UTM codes stop you from creating a promoted pin. So for me, you can still track conversion rates in lead pages. You can still track them that way, um, have a different lead page, have like right. a lead That's box. A for a, in a blog post and then track that lead box conversion versus that lead page conversion and create those different ones. So you can work around this if you are having little campaigns, but if you have a, a campaign that's any bigger than that, I would definitely recommend you just look at this blog post because I think that's going to break it down a lot better for sure. Yeah, but I like your idea as well. It's very approachable, you know, just you could create a duplicate of the, la of the landing page mm -hmm. that you want to promote and just only promote that with promoted pins and it should be somewhat accurate. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And I don't know exactly. I mean, it might not be to the point of accuracy. I've definitely double checked things and with lead pages and Facebook ads, and sometimes it's not a hundred percent accurate, but it's pretty close. So that's enough to get a good idea, especially if you need to do that AB testing. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's perfect for AB testing. So, okay. I also want to talk about the evergreen evergreen launches so i know uh, some of our listeners are having evergreen webinars right now they're getting mm -hmm. into that to start selling either service packages or selling their digital products so for evergreen webinars what's the best way to get people into that webinar and to make sure we're actually getting a good uh, return on our investment for promoted pens Right. So I imagine probably people have already been using Facebook ads for this. And I would be curious to know, like, what is the cost per sign up? What's the cost for people showing up? Um, because I suspect it's going to be a little bit tougher from Pinterest 
to mm. send directly to a webinar sign up. And it's because of what we talked about before. The reason why sometimes you get better conversions from a blog post, even though it's one step removed. So I think what I would do, and often on Pinterest, I will tell people, if you're having trouble getting direct sales or direct signups um, from a Pinterest promoted pin, focus instead on getting them to the blog and then making your blog higher converting. So getting people mm. onto your email list and then sending them invites to the webinar. Okay, right, so, gotcha. Yeah, so I would definitely try both. Um, the thing about Pinterest images is people really want to save something for later. And if they feel like if they feel like there's any kind of date on it or any kind of expiration, or if it's too much all about a person, it's really not going to do that well on mm. Pinterest, where you, you really want to give people more idea-based, um, helpful, useful, inspiring content. Mm, um, mm -hmm. that is, it's, very, it's a very different mindset from Facebook, which you know, right. on Facebook, you could have uh, the celebrity and their topic and the date and everything, totally. and that would probably do really well. People are ready for that over there. On Pinterest, they want to hear more about like, what, what they're going to learn, how that's going to change mm -hmm. their life. They don't really care so much about who's putting it on. <laughs> right. <laughs> They want to go and they especially want to go to your landing page and get more information, a lot more information before they commit. So a, another thing about promoted pins too is the rules say if, if you're going to promote a landing page like that, you have to make that clear in the pin description. Mm. So it is enough to say sign up for my right? Mm -hmm. uh, and that, that counts as a disclaimer. But again, I would test that against a pin that takes people to a blog post that very strongly pushes that webinar because you don't have to have that in the description, right? right? So it's much more of a, here's just some free information, no commitment. Whereas with the webinar, it's more like, okay, sign up and do this, right? <laughs> right? And it has to be that way because Pinterest doesn't want people to feel like they have hit the bait and switch and because the image really shouldn't be all about a webinar, it should be about the topic itself in order to work on Pinterest. That's really interesting. That is. Mm. Um, I know with Facebook, I, so I have an evergreen webinar and I know a few of the profit planner lounge members were, we've gone over evergreen webinars in our last hot seat call and uh -huh. what they've said, an average cost per click is around 80 cents to $2 and an just average, for a click? just for a click and an average, wow. <laughs> I know you're used to Pinterest. <laughs> so you're like, Whoa. Um, and then an average cost per lead is anywhere from two to $10. So, you know, I've heard similar Facebook. numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And so like for me, my average cost per click was about 40 cents and cost per lead. It was about $2, $2 and 50 oh, good. cents. That's so really good. Yeah. not too bad. Um, I also, I haven't tested this out with Pinterest yet, so I don't have numbers mm -hmm. to compare it to. Uh, I have been pretty oh, interested yeah. in trying though. Uh, I wish I had the numbers in front of me because I had this client. It was, um, he helped women get their ex-boyfriends back. That was his business. Ooh, right? See, right? So he had this webinar and we've got crazy, crazy cheap conversions on his webinar. Um, it was funny <laughs> too because- girls want their ex-boyfriends. Yes. Sometimes that is not a good idea though. If I oh, had one of my ex-boyfriends back, yeah. like my life would not be like this now. 
<laughs> I know they're ex for a reason, ladies, but yes. you know, he has a lot of, of happy ending stories. So good for well, him. That's good, good for them. That's, good. that's great. Um, but it was really funny working on the account because yeah, we got tons of conversions for so, so cheap. It was unreal. We kept rechecking the analytics. We're like, this can't be right. Cause this is too <laughs> cheap. Like less than a dollar for people to register for a the leap. webinar. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Nice. Right. And then they're on his mailing list. And anyway, crazy cheap, but he almost never got any saves on those pins, right? Because no lady on Pinterest wants to admit that, Hey, I'm saving this pin for later <laughs> because I want my boyfriend back. It's just really funny to see the different activity on the different topics. That is interesting. That is funny. So, yeah. um, so I have a question about targeting too. So yeah. with targeting, I mean, what, so for, I see a lot of, I'm thinking of profit planner lounge members right now. Mm -hmm. We have web designers. We have like, for me, I'm productivity based learning. Um, we have branding, uh, like tons of service based, but they're all B2B. And yep. so whenever you're B2B on Pinterest, it's not impossible, but the targeting yeah. on promoted pins, how do you get good enough targeting to where you have actually a big enough audience to where you're getting results? What I've seen yeah. whenever I'm promoting is I've set a budget. I've set an ad budget, but I'm not even meeting it. And I think a lot of that is because of my keywords. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you find those keywords that actually have a high enough search volume to where you're getting cheap, yeah. not cheap, but inexpensive results. You're not paying more just because right. there's low vo search volume. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I yeah. hope I explained well, that well. No, totally. You did. And there are a lot of parts to that question. So I want to I'm start sorry. With... No, no, no. Um, I, we need to go here because this yeah. is Okay, stuff. great. Um, so the first part of that is, yeah, how do you get all your budget spent? That right. is absolutely the number one challenge that me, that I face as an advertiser, that my agency faces. Okay. That makes me feel so much better. Budget. Oh yeah. Don't worry. I mean, That's normal. <laughs> there are 200 million active monthly users on Pinterest. That is, is rather small compared to what you used it to is. on Facebook or right. Instagram. Right. So we're starting with a smaller pool. We know half of those are outside of the country. So if, if you're only targeting in the U S that shrinks it as well. Um, so so what I usually start with, I do start with somebody's owned audiences. So I start with people who visited your website. So we'll target them. That almost never spends all your budget <laughs> unless you have a ton of traffic and they're all on Pinterest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will also target um, people who have engaged with pins that go to your website. So that is a really cool option that I don't think is available any on any other platform. What that mm -hmm. means is that um, if you saved one of my pins, Haley, and somebody did a close up on that pin that you saved that goes to my website, I can now target that person in an oh, ad. Oh, nice. Yeah, because I know that they're interested in my content to some That's awesome. extent. So I'm going to create a visitor audience. I'm going to create an engagement audience, and I'm going to create an email audience. Mm -hmm. So. If you have a nice big email list and it's segmented, that's cool. We can break it out by segments. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'm going to look at that and see my click-through rate's really high. It's really good. It's converting. However, I'm not getting impressions. I'm not spending budget. Mm. So then what you do is you go to an act-alike. So you create an act-alike audience based on the audiences that are working well for you. Okay. And that bumps up the size of your audience considerably. So you may have 
let's say a visitor audience that's 1200 people. That's nothing <laughs> on Pinterest, right? You're not going to get what you need. So then when you turn that into an act alike, that is now about 720,000 people that Pinterest is targeting. Pinterest feels that the people on your new list are similar to the people on the original list. That's kind of a big ask if you have a real small source audience, right? So if we're saying we're going from 1,200 people to 710,000 or 720, that's, uh, that's a lot to ask, right? Because there's not that much data to go on. So then what I might do is add on keywords on top of that. So keywords them. are not your first priority. They, we're getting to those next. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's okay. That's a, it's a good question. But I'm just saying that if you, if you find your audiences work well, you're not getting enough impressions. Do you want to act alike? That's great. Mm. But remember, if your source audience is yeah. teeny, teeny, you can't really a expect ask. a great matchup for sure for an act alike. So add on a keyword or two. To, to kind of filter out and make them more qualified. So that that's like warmer audiences. So you have your yeah. own audience and you have your similar, and then we're going to go to the newer audiences with keywords. Okay. Um, and yes, I would do keywords because that's probably how you're going to get the volume of impressions that you want and spend the money you want. Um, but it's really important to know about keyword match types. So uh, with, with Pinterest originally, when we had the keyword targeting, you know, you would assume, even though it was broad match keywords, and that's all we had for a while, you would assume that that meant when someone searched something kind of similar to your broad match keyword, your pin would show up. Um, but that wasn't the case at all. It really was more like Pinterest would look at people that they thought were somewhat interested in the broad match keyword that you entered and show it to them in their home feed. So they weren't really searching at all. It just would show up in their home feed for them, which, um, you know, gets a lot of saves because yeah, they are interested, but they're not necessarily interested in it at that moment. So they may not really act on it other than to save it. So when Pinterest introduced the exact match and phrase match keywords, that changed everything because now we can target people when they are actively searching. And that makes an enormous difference in the conversions. So you get a far fewer, far fewer repins or saves, but far higher conversion rate to sales or leads. That is really interesting. Now, what about B2B keywords? Because a lot of these, for instance, uh, productivity for mm -hmm. entrepreneurs, that is not going to have a lot of, of high volume search results on no. Pinterest. So no. that is a trap that I personally fall into. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, what I'm seeing, um, is that it's all about relevance. So you're better off to go with several ad groups, um, with a very small list of keywords. And I'm talking like three to 20 and some oh, of my wow. best ad groups only have a couple of keywords in them. Real? That is surprising. Yes, I would I think like 40 keywords because with nope. Pinterest, you've okay. Nope. That's really interesting. But if you have 40 keywords that you feel are relevant, what you would do and what I've done before is if I had a pin that was like, how to use Pinterest to promote your new blog, I would have at least three different ad groups with three different groups of keywords. So I would have one that was my Pinterest keywords. I would have one that was um, blogging keywords and one that was probably like beginner blogging keywords. Like get that specific. 
Um, and you can promote the same pin if you want. Uh, you might want to change the description because you know you're targeting a slightly different audience, uh, but it would be the same content, just different targeting. And I've seen a huge difference when I use those smaller lists of keywords because Pinterest looks for relevance all the way through. So they're looking at the source material on your site. They're looking at the board on which you've pinned the pin. That should be super relevant. So even if you have like, um, Twitter for dummies, it would be better to promote the one that's on your Twitter Pinterest board than your social media board. Interesting. Yeah. So they want relevance all the way through, um, which means that your keywords need to be relevant to each other in the ad group too. And the board description, I'm assuming. Yeah, but more like the Probably the more the board title. Oh, title. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. For us, category is tough, right? Because there isn't a great one for, right. for us. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because I'm thinking, you know, I want to target entrepreneurs. I mean, I'm very specific about the type of entrepreneur I want, but how do I get them? It's <laughs> okay. Well, let's do, let's do a little, little experiment here. Tell okay. me what you got. And okay. We'll go through it. So service-based business owners who are making around a thousand to five thousand dollars a month and mm -hmm. they're looking to create multiple streams of income in their business. Okay. But I need to know what are oh. we promoting? Oh, <laughs> I need oh, to get real specific. <laughs> I thought you meant and, the audience. Okay, oh, yeah. No, no. Okay, so promoting, I would say my membership site, the Profit Planner Lounge. And I promote mm -hmm. that through podcast content, some podcast content, and then uh, evergreen webinars. Okay, evergreen webinars. Okay, so now we're talking about how you would target those pins. Right. Okay. So you're definitely going to try with all of your audiences first. But then when we get yes. to keywords, I think, I think I would try broad keywords for you. I would do an okay. ad group with broad keywords and put in words like that because it's when you use broad keywords, what Pinterest basically does is it looks at the keywords that you use and it maps them to set interests that they already have determined. Mm -hmm. Now you can actually go in and pick out interests. They have about 6,000 6, of them in a spreadsheet, but the ones for B2B are somewhat limited and they can get expensive as you can imagine because there aren't that many, there's a lot of competition for the few. So you'd probably be better off with broad match keywords that then Pinterest will scan Pinterest for people who are saving content that has that's related to that keyword, that have board titles that are related to that keyword so they know that there's an interest level there. Um, so I would do broad match keywords for you. I don't, I usually try them for everybody. And then sometimes I just turn them off because <laughs> they just don't work at all compared to yeah. what you're going to try next, which is phrase match and keyword match. Okay. Um, I'm not phrase match and keyword match, phrase and exact. I always go phrase because exact, as you might imagine, is really hard, right? Yes. Because there yes. can't be any words on either side or in the middle. It's very strict. So go with phrase instead, because even if you get the middle part of what they're searching, it'll still show up. Awesome. Now you're looking for, what does your course do for entrepreneurs? Yeah. It helps them create a profit plan, like break down the revenue goal and put it into like a day-to-day color-coded calendar. Okay. But in a bigger scheme of things, what you're doing is helping someone start a business, build a business. No, scale. I would say scale a business, like scale actually make business. sure they're hitting those revenue goals. Okay. Yeah. So instead of, instead of targeting things like, um, 
<sighs> profit planner or support group or mastermind, you mm-hmm. might go beyond that to the concept, right? So how to grow my business mm-hmm. or learn mm-hmm. how to grow my business or help grow my business, um, consulting to grow my business, words like that. Do you feel like that's a high search volume? Um, I think there's only one way to find out. Yeah. Just testing it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be super high, but it's probably going to convert really well. But convert. Yeah. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. a good point. Yeah. I might want to uh, do some. So I have another question. Is there a tool? So for instance, like Google and YouTube, they have a Mm -hmm. Chrome tool keywords everywhere and you can see Mm -hmm. the search volume whenever you put it in. Is there a tool like that? I know they have that in ads group. Yeah, kind of, sort of. So, yeah. so what you can do um, in the in the search bar is start typing. So, yeah, how to build a business, and you can see the other words that people use. And then if you hit, like, you write in how to build a business, and you hit enter, it will pop up all these tiles below it mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. tell you these are the related words to those search. So then you would do how to build a business for women. How you know, give you all those combinations to try. Um, but you did mention, yes, inside the ads manager dashboard at step two. So even if you don't want to spend any money and you just want to see what you should be using, you can do this. So set up a test campaign with a fake budget because you'll know you won't have to spend, you won't have to finish it. And on, on step two, the targeting step, there is a keyword box and then there's find related keywords. And if you start typing in your keywords, it will show you, um, related keywords. Mm -hmm. And it does give what it says is search volume, but what it really is, is sorry, impressions. So it's not that people are actually searching that that many times because I saw one that was, um, looking at Pinterest makes me hungry and that had like a million plus searches per month. And I thought, "Uh -uh." (laughs) (laughs) uh-uh. So, um, I asked about that and they said, okay, yeah, it is really, it's impressions. So mm. those keyword numbers are really especially helpful if you're going to do broad match keywords. Mm. That means that's what is showing up in people's home feeds. Interesting. It's, but I will say I am using that in uh, phrase match keyword ad groups as well mm-hmm. as kind of an experiment, right? To see, are their related keywords really helpful? And they're working quite well. So even though it's not exactly searches, Right. They can be useful. But what I do because I want to test everything is I break it out. So I have my own ad groups with my keywords and then I have one that I call related keywords. So I can keep an eye on like how good are their recommendations and they're good. So I would interesting. Yeah. Only if they make sense, obviously. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So I have two more questions. Um, I'm going to go with the less intense one right now. So is, a, <laughs> there's another one that'll be pretty much a longer answer. I'm assuming okay, is, <laughs> is a $10 month budget too low or do they have to spend at least a hundred dollars minimum? $10 a month. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to be able to tell what's working with $10 a month. Right. Yeah, you really so, want to be more like at least $10 a day because. Oh, Okay. Yeah. When you're doing ad groups, you don't want to go anywhere below $5 a day per ad group. And you're going to want to do at least two ad groups so that you can see which one's working best. So if you only had $10 a day, if you have less than that, oh man, I don't know. I think you need at least $10 a day. Yeah. And yeah. so, but 
but it, it's probably going to pay off. <laughs> so I would just bite the bullet, do it. Um, but then you, so you're going to create two ad groups for the same product and then you're going to let them run for a month. And then whichever one is not working as well, you shut that one off and you start a different ad group and you compare mm. that one. So, I mean, it's going to take a while to really optimize your ads if that's all you can do. Yeah. But it's still better than not. Yes. Yes. Okay. Awesome. That's a great answer. Okay. Now the uh, bigger question, how can mm-hmm. you sell services using promoted pens? Mm-hmm. Like what's a good promoted pen strategy to get people to actually become a lead in your business? Yeah. So, well, you just kind of answered it, right? You get them to become a lead. So you get right. them to opt into your email list and then you nurture them through your email. Oh, list. okay. I was thinking lead as in they signed up as a, not just email list, but they become a lead as in they haven't signed a contract yet, but they're wanting right. to work with you like a form. Right. So how do you get people yeah. from there to that? You're going to, it's, it's all your own marketing funnel, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what Pinterest is best at is to get people from Pinterest to your site. And that's Mm -hmm. really all you can ask (laughs) of a Pinterest promoter pin. Once they get to your site, that's really on you Totally. to make sure that it's converting. So yeah, have, have opt-in offers on every blog post and Mm -hmm. then use those, those follow-up sequences to get them to the point where they're ready to become a customer because most of like most of the sales that come through Pinterest promoted pins are 70% of the sales are from new customers for a business. And we're talking, that's probably more to do with like retail, right? So I've never purchased from Wayfair, um, but they have so many promoted pins. I made, <laughs> I made purchase from there. I'm a new customer to them. So if you think about that, the way it would apply to service businesses, it's probably even higher. So mm-hmm. it's going to take longer. They're not just going to click on it and say, I want to hire you today. It's right. not going to happen because they are so much higher up in the funnel. Yeah, no, I agree. And you know, something that I've seen that's worked really well, especially for you web designers is to get those really long pins that have each portfolio piece just described. So like have your mock-up of your web design at the top, your mood board below it, and then how each of the logo pieces look and really give the look and the feel to each your portfolio. Those portfolio pins perform so well. Someone that does that really well is Salted Ink Designs. She has gorgeous portfolio pins. So I would definitely go encourage, look at her Pinterest, look at her portfolio pins, do something like that. And even that can lead to a blog post portfolio. And then within that blog post portfolio, you have a discovery call potentially, or you have your lead form using Dubsado or something. I don't know. Do you, do you think that's a good idea? Okay. Two answers. Um, I think that a good place to go from the portfolio would be some kind of self help opt-in. Like here's Mm. how to analyze your website, right? Here are three things to look at for your website to see if it's working, get them on your, their, your email list. So, you know, okay, these are people who know their website needs help. They were on my portfolio page. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Then you follow up with them. Those people might be worth following up with individually, but I want to go back to um, the image size. So last week, Pinterest, I guess it was last week, um, introduced brand new best practices for creators. And I will give you the links to those two pages. Oh, I would love that. Um, Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And so they are saying now, and we notice this, that pins that are over, and, and let's just not talk ratios, let's talk <laughs> pixel size for a minute, 600 pixels tall and 1260 pixels, I mean, 
600 pixels wide, 12, 16 right. tall are going to get cut off. In the yeah, feed. I've noticed that. Okay. So what they're saying now is square pins can work well. I don't care for square pins myself, right. but the other ideal ratio is two to three. So like 600 by 900 or 735 by 1102. Um, and those actually are going to do better in the algorithm if you mm. use their recommended ratios. Interesting. And people are saying, well, but my long pins are still doing really well. Yes, but they're rolling these out. <laughs> so mm. when it's not often that Pinterest will come out and tell us things real specifically. Right. But they are. And so I feel like we should listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. No, I'm really glad you said that. That's really interesting. Yeah. And that, that is brand new. So yeah, yeah there's two to um, three ratio. That's good to yeah. know. Yeah. I'm awesome. actually doing a Facebook live with Sarah Hoople Shear, who is the product marketing manager of Pinterest oh, on nice. Monday. I'm, I'm so excited. That's going to be on Tailwind's Facebook page. It'll, it'll stay awesome. there after too, but um, I have just so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> about things like that. Like, what does that mean? Or, or what is this first five thing? Or why should I share my pin before anyone else does? Uh, so many questions that we're going to talk about because nice. it is always changing. But yes. the principles that we talked about today are always going to be useful. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. This is so much, so much helpful information. I'm oh, definitely going to be posting all these links that we talked about in the show notes for you guys. Okay. So go check that out. Now, where, I know we, we've talked about your blog, all that, but where's the best place for someone to come and hang out with you? Well, if you want more information on promoted pins, that's probably going to be alisameredith.com and you can get all my mm -hmm. socials from there. I'm Alisa and Meredith everywhere. Um, but if you're more interested in the organic side of Pinterest and also Instagram, it would be blog.tailwindapp.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Elise. I seriously Thank appreciate you. it. And I'm glad it. that we got to chat again. Me too. Thank you. And congrats again on your launch.